Why aren't we execs? We could do this. Well, I'm gonna talk about eco-terrorism. Got too excited about jorts. I'm leaving now with my Roomba or your blood on my hands. I'm back, back on my bullshit. What is meme if not airhorn persevering? No, this is this is not a family show. And I quote, many American titties. Why'd you have to bring Dane Cook to this, Andrew? No one wanted that. Oh, you guys are not ready for what I've got today. And I've apparently hit the very end of my attention span. Give me like 30 seconds, I'm looking for rhymes. Hello and welcome to Debate This, the show where no one is right, but someone is definitely wrong. In this show, we take time out of our busy adult lives to talk about comic books, video games, and how while the rest of the world is Elden Ringing, I'm 70 hours deep into triangle strategy, <laughs> and I will scorch every inch of Norzalia if it pleases my Rosalind wife. Todd is the only person playing triangle strategy. Uh, no, wait, I, so in, in Todd's defense, while I am 130 hours into Elden Ring and as the time of this recording still have not beaten it yet, I agree with this note in, about triangle strategy. I did play the three hour demo. It is one, very talky, but two, very good. And I will it's be playing good. triangle strategy after I finish Elden Ring. I just <laughs> don't know when that will happen. <laughs> Andrew has just committed himself to about <laughs> 600 hours of gameplay. Matt doesn't yeah. want to play either of these two games. No, Hi, they are it's not me. Safe I for have Matt. my hand raised <laughs> in this audio format. What's a yeah. triangle strategy? There it is. Yeah, so so triangle triangle strategy That's what they did is... in the Mighty Ducks movie, right? Mm -hmm. You make yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ducks fly together. Triangle strategy is at its core rock, paper, scissors. No, triangle strategy is a a remake more or less of the Final Fantasy Tactics game, but different. It's not, not safe interested. for Matt. It's nope. what Square mm -mm. Enix's um yeah. Fire Emblem? Like it's that? Yeah, it's Square Enix kind Fire of. Emblem. It's, yeah. it's it's Final Fantasy Tactics with uh cosplaying as Octopath Traveler. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's real accurate. Hey, it's super good. Yep. Todd, if I get through three hours of talkie, does it turn into straight gameplay or is it just like, is it a oh, lot there's, of talking? There's a lot of talkie. Okay. Um, what I will say, though, is once you get through the first three hours of talkie, it's a very compelling story. Hey, this isn't about triangle strategy. <laughs> we'll do that in the after show. Put a pin in it. <laughs> All right, everyone. So this episode is going to hit your podcatcher of choice on April 29th, the year of our Lord, 2022. Just mere hours before the most anticipated <laughs> March, movie release. March 29th, you nerd. Fuck. You're right. I got to cut We're that again. We're not taking that clean. It's all no, staying in. Watch all this I mean, talking that I'm doing. You can take it clean if you want, I but I edit this show and it's staying in. Yeah, maybe. Okay, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> this episode is hitting your podcatcher of choice on March 29th, the year of our Lord, 2022. Mere hours before the most anticipated movie release of 2020, 2021, and 2022. Morbius. It's uh, a theater near you. How are we still talking about this movie? Oh my god. I'm are you ready for this? <laughs> having given okay, having given us our first trailer 26 months ago. Fuck. Oh, no. uh -huh. <laughs> the 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 internet and debate this headquarters has been abuzz with excitement for Sony's next take on a classic Spider-Man character. Since No Way Home gave us the kind of greatest hits and offered us a clean slate, and Morbius reviews <laughs> being heralded as a movie that is, quote, pretty much what you expect, <laughs> we here at DT Exclamation Point HQ are taking another stab at bringing up some talent from the Rogues Gallery Miners. That's right. We heard how much you loved episode 18 from our first season, titled Don't Bring a Knife to a Glue Fight, 
And you know what? We're hitting it again. We're, we're, we're playing that once more time. We had so many good episodes in the first season that I th- always assume happened later. And like, yeah. Mm-hmm. wow, yeah, man, go us. back half of season one's nothing but bangers. It, yeah. The B sides real good. Joining me once again, three and a half years wiser, but with ideas arguably as bad as the first go around. <laughs> Much is, like Morbius. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we have Andrew Red Goblin Henderson, Kyle Hobgoblin 2211 Harper, and Matt Fury the Goblin Queen Cole. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's a good one. I do not like this. I mm. do not like this. Are these all like goblin variants? Yeah, you know they are. Oh, gross. Is Fury the Goblin Queen and Colonel Nicholas Fury in any way related? No, oh. not not that I not that I know of. Um, Fury the Goblin Queen is someone whose dad worked for Osborne, and she was a trained like yeah, that's a mm. way too sexy photo of her mm. um, in the notes. Uh, but she is uh, born and trained as like some assassin. If you're not looking at the notes, it's it's forty percent cleavage. It's it's a lot of cleavage. It's a comic book. Well, yep. it's a woman in a comic book, so you can <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know do your own math. It's just Green Goblin, Black Widow, or Black yeah. Widow, Green Goblin. Mm-hmm. Um, Hobgoblin twenty two eleven is a lot of fun. That is a Hobgoblin from the future, as you can imagine. Hobgoblin twenty two eleven. Uh, has the ability to throw bombs that just, like, wipe you from the timeline. Oh. And is destroyed by, wouldn't you know it, getting hit with one of their own bombs. <laughs> you hate okay. to see it. Hmm. So Hobgoblin 2211 is going to be in season two of Loki? Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> yes, most likely. That is that is the poll that we need. And uh, Red Goblin is Venom-Hobgoblin mixture. Hmm. Right, right, right. So... Anyway, hey, so you all have been called into DC exclamation point HQ due to the success of the Spider-Man trilogy, along with the equally successful movies Venom, Venom, Let There Be Carnage, and of course, top grossing movie of 2022, Morbius. Mm -hmm. And also because we did this once before and we had to talk a lot about Pace Pot Pete and we had a bunch of weird fun. So what I need you to do today is tell me what classic Spider-Man villain should be up next. Give us just a little bit about them. Tell us who's going to play them in this gritty reboot so that we can check that box early and not, you know, save that for a later thing in the episode that we reveal at the end. Andrew, you want to you wanna do this? Yeah, thanks for acknowledging me. Uh, so <laughs> I uh, I did something. I don't usually do this, but I wrote a little bit of a treatment, and I'm going to read it through first mm. for you. Real out of character for Andrew here. Real, real off-brand. Okay, so we see a locker door swings open. The camera focuses. The camera focuses in on a man with a dulled black eye and some thin bandages covering stitches around the sides of his mouth. The man is grabbing something in the locker, but we can't really see as the camera is from the perspective inside the locker. Just then, a mysterious figure comes from behind and... Sorry for the audio there, Kyle. And slams the man into the locker. The camera switches to an overhead shot of a dingy-looking locker room. The second man is wearing a dark tracksuit and has the first man pinned to the side of the locker. The tracksuit man says, you're late, Oliver. The boss is done. Actually, I should say, the boss is done hearing your excuses. (laughs) Good. (laughs) Because he's a villain in a Batman cartoon, apparently. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Important to get the duh. The boss. (laughs) Or or we could do, I want that 10 grand or else, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We see the first man who's pinned growls a bit and says defiantly, I picked the else option. In a fit of rage, 
you'll you'll understand that accent in a minute. Just yeah, bear, right. bear with me. In a fit of rage, the tracksuit man swiftly slams down on the back of the other man's arm while it's still pinned behind him, visibly breaking it. The other man screams in pain. The tracksuit man shoves him away and says, Ten grand, tonight, or I break more than the arm. He walks out. The first man, arm broken, slowly stands up and breathes slowly in and out. He takes a tattered shirt from his locker and bites into it hard. He takes a long, slow breath and then sets his arm back in place. <laughs> screaming into the shirt from the absolute searing pain. Sweating and breathing heavily, the man puts the shirt back into the locker and grabs a, a small photo. We see it's hit of him and a little girl, who we assume by context clues is his daughter. Another voice from the distance. Frank, what's going on? I heard noises. You okay? I'm fine. Just a personal matter. <laughs> we see a schlermy but lovable portly man enters the room. <laughs> Jesus God, your arm is broken in seven places. You can't put on a pair of gloves, let alone fight tonight. Oh, God, I have so much writing on this. The man responds, it's fine. I don't need him. He looks at the photo once more and clenches his fist before walking out. Scene transition. Heavy industrial metal music is playing, probably Nine Inch Nails, as we see <laughs> flashing lights in a screaming crowd surround surrounding a metal cage. This is obviously one of those underground flight, the underground fight rings that are apparently all the rage in the MCU these days. <laughs> the man gets into the ring and is staring down this brick shit house of a brute about two thirds his uh, two thirds times his size. The man looks unfazed as he ties his arms behind his back. He dodges each punishing swing and then responds with a pulverizing roundhouse kick. The music intensifies as the brutish, hulking man rushes to tackle him, but our hero leaps high into the air and comes down with a sick drop kick to this brutish man's face, immediately knocking the brute out. We hear the announcer yell, Ladies and gentlemen, your champion, Frank Oliver, a.k.a. Kangaroo! <laughs> so that's the opening scene for our movie featuring uh, Frank Oliver, a.k.a. The Kangaroo. I also really like 2002 Spider-Man movie, Andrew. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. see, I mm -hmm. I really like 80s classic Roadhouse, Matt. That's what I really Ah, like. yeah. <laughs> Roadhouse. Mm -hmm. You got Roadhouse. one, Todd? <laughs> yeah, I do. I know not a bit. A question. Yeah, um, sure. I mean, this movie does wear its inspiration on its sleeves. <laughs> <laughs> so this, this kangaroo. Yeah. Are we getting like he is but a man with the power of stomp? <laughs> or, 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 or will he, will he go the Paul Giamatti route of giant mechanical outfit? Or is that a question to be answered later? It's a question we answered later, but let me tell you a little bit about Kangaroo, AKA uh, also known as Frank Oliver. <laughs> so, uh, so like I said, so we're going to pull Kangaroo as our like ninth animal themed Spider-Man villain into one. Into right, the there's so many. Yeah, there are a lot and there are a lot that we have not touched on yet. <laughs> that is a bottomless well of, of well in, in three and a half seasons from now. We'll do it again. Yeah, I have here Kangaroo and we already talked about it, but I'm going to read from my notes. Kangaroo is pulled from the deep pantheon of animal themed Spider-Man comic villains like, of course, Rhino and Scorpion, but also Tarantula or Human Fly. Tarantula is just another spider. Why would right. you do that? Which like also surprising that there's only one other spider themed character. You think there would be like. Because we well, have a Black Widow, you think there's a whole like, there's a whole Spider Verse of him, Andrew. Well, yeah, I, there's actually both Tarantula and also Black Tarantula, who is no. a different person. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> yeah. Okay, no, I, I shouldn't have brought this up. This is bad. This is bad. Anyway, Frank Oliver. Frank Oliver is actually one of two kangaroos. He was the original kangaroo. <laughs> 
And he originally, <laughs> yep, he originally debuted in The Amazing Spider-Man number 81 in 1970. 30 years later, we saw a we got a new kangaroo appearing in The Spectacular Spider-Man, but this was a man named Brian Hibbs. So we were only talking about Frank Oliver today. Also, Frank Oliver is Australian, if that wasn't clear. I got it. Oh, is that the accent you were doing? That was the accent that I was doing. I watched Count Them Three videos about how to do an Australian accent today. I picked up some of it. Anyway. <laughs> Wait, um, to see how much you picked up, Andrew, yeah. can you give me a quick, clean Foster's It's Australian for beer, please? Foster's It's Australian for beer. Ah, it's not bad. <laughs> it's, fine. it's not terrible. It's better than I could do, so I won't say anything. 15 minutes of YouTube's worth. Okay, so Frank Oliver is Australian. That's both his country of origin and his personality. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I think, I believe you asked who's going to be cast. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, well, we figured audiences love Jai Courtney's over-the-top portrayal of Boomerang in the Suicide Squad movies so much that we're just going to run that play again. Right. And uh, he's going to be Marvel's version of Crocodile Dundee. So there you go, Jai Courtney as Frank Oliver, a.k.a. Kangaroo. I wouldn't hate that. I think I'm I'm good with that casting. Um, I'm good with this very weird, weird villain that you've pulled up. Uh, <laughs> someone who's, who's main The villain means... whose power is, is drop kicks <laughs> with the power of legs. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, look, I mean, he's a Street Fighter character. What are you going to do? How many <laughs> releases are we from a kangaroo v. Bartok the Leaper face-off? Well, I think I think Batrock's dead. I think he got yeah. I think he got smoked oh. at the end of... Remember the, the critically well, acclaimed Falcon and the Winter Soldier series? Well, Todd, not to... Not to well, I'm actually on comic book <laughs> sources, but like, what's the one thing we know about comic books? No one's ever dead. No one's dead. So we'll answer that in the future. All right, I don't need to be um actually. I didn't come here for that today, Kyle. <laughs> what did what did you bring to the to the Spider-Man villain picnic? All right, Todd. So with the Fast and Furious franchise winding down, <laughs> we think there is a market in the MCU or Spider-Verse or whatever it is for a car guy series of movies. We want to bring loud <laughs> engines, three-minute-long body shots of vehicles that don't exist yet, and car stunts too stupid to even question into this franchise. That is why today we present to you the newest addition to the Spider-Verse, Jackson Wheel, a.k.a. <laughs> Big Wheel, played by baby driver himself, Ansel Elcourt, to keep in with the problematic white male actor theme that started by Jared Leto. Man, I tell you what, it's a good thing I'm not modding today because <laughs> Kyle would win. <laughs> I have a question to pose for all of us. Do, should we be Hollywood execs? Should we yes. just be producers? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was going to um actually you, Kyle, and tell you that there's another Fast and Furious coming, but you probably don't need me to tell you that. Yeah, there's like one or two more on the books, but everyone's... Oh, there's always one in the chamber. But everyone's yeah, it's like a leaving. Duty. Like, isn't Vin Diesel, mm -hmm. like, kind of done? So, like, yeah, the franchise is winding down. It will carry on, mm -hmm. but without Vin Diesel, is it really a fa is it really Fast and the Furious? It's like when Transformers was like, "Oh, let's just bring in Mark Wahlberg. That's that'll be fine." Mm -hmm. Yep, they're gonna do a Fast and Furious X Wild Hogs, and it's just gonna be Tim Allen running the show. <laughs> um, Kyle, can you tell me about Big Wheel? I I don't. It looks like a. I don't know what this is. So Big Wheel. Is a Spider-Man villain. He's a um, he's an executive at a car company. He, yep, that's that's Big Wheel right there in our notes. Oh, he he's Big Wheel. If you uh, if you've if 
you have seen the South Park episode where they invent the it, the like the new yeah. The, it, he drives a big <laughs> it. <laughs> he drives a big, a singular large wheel. Jesus, amazing. He just drives around and wreaks havoc in that wheel until Spider Man swings in to stop him, and that is the entirety of Jackson Wheels' character. If I if I mention Twisted Metal, do y'all know Twisted yeah, oh, yeah. Metal? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember Axel, the man that was literally like taped yeah. to two giant wheels? That's immediately what <laughs> yeah. I thought of. Yep. I wow. immediately think of everybody's favorite scene from the second Pirates of the Caribbean movie. Yeah. Where they're with, fighting on the big yeah. wheel. On the big wheel. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, I was gonna say the the villainous origin story, obviously, Andrew's character fell into a vat of kangaroos. Kyle's character fell into a vat of Ferris wheels. Is what happened. I'll cover the origin story in the next question <laughs> as you as you I, set up. I don't want to get ahead of myself. <laughs> Matt, what did you bring to this to this barbecue? Yeah. So Todd, if there's one thing that we can confidently say about the MCU in 2022, it's that it needs to establish some scale in its rogues gallery. We collectively spent 11 years building up to the galactic level threat of Thanos. And now the multiverse is spitting out eldritch horrors. Sam and Bucky are beating up on juiced up teenage girls. And Clint Barton just wants to get home for Christmas. <laughs> Clearly, we need to reestablish which heroes line up with which villains. And what better way to do that than to flesh out your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man's street level enemy roster. So... With that point unequivocally proven, please allow me to introduce you to Hammerhead. Oh, <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Coming to pages in The Amazing Spider-Man number 113 in 1972, Hammerhead is a notorious crime boss of the New York underworld. He's a member of the Magia Organized Crime Syndicate and the head of his own self-titled crime family. Now, the word I want to focus on in that last sentence may surprise you. It's the word head. Because, my dudes, Hammerhead (laughs) doesn't have any superhuman abilities, just a big dumb forehead full of vibranium, (laughs) which he oft uses to headbutt his way to victory against his foes, especially the thwippy kind. Hammerhead will help reestablish Peter Parker as a New York City hero and help build out the underworld currently inhabited entirely by Kingpin, when he is portrayed on the big screen by none other than Pittsburgh's own Joe Manganiello. All right. <laughs> Every picture I look up of Hammerhead is different. Yep. And more troubling than the other picture that comes up of Hammerhead. Go ahead and look up a picture of Joe Manganiello. Oh, and I know. tell me that he doesn't match at least a handful of the Hammerhead pictures you've seen. I just encourage everyone just to Google image search Spider-Man Hammerhead. There are, I'm looking at 15 different photos, everyone unique and different. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's because he's got range. But always with a big, <laughs> with a big square head. He looks, he's a, I mean, he's, a, he's a Dick Tracy villain. Like that's oh, what. Oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah. He's got a big Dick Tracy head. He's in the, um, the PS4 Spider-Man game. Yeah. He's like in the mm-hmm. DLC. And uh, he's pretty, pretty interesting. He was like actually like a cool villain in that because he had like a there was a whole thing where he gets like an an exoskeleton like cyborg body from Silver Sable or something. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. So here's the thing that you really need to know about Hammerhead. Yes, he's been in the PS4 game. 
He's also been in some animated things. Most importantly, he is featured in the hit smash Broadway musical Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark. No. Yes. no. Yes. Yes. Yeah, he is. Awesome. It's just kind of a bit role. He's just kind of there. But yeah, man. We're pulling from the musicals today. Hey, here's a question. Good. Can we get a copy of that, you think? What are the odds <laughs> that a recording of that exists and we can stream it just every month? Isn't it Patreon? like The Ring? Don't you die seven days after you watch it? <laughs> it's just when you're in it. Todd, there are almost certainly bootlegs out there of it, but they will only be bootlegs and we have to know the mm-hmm. right people. Which if one of our might. listeners... If, our, we if one of our listeners... Right uh, wants to donate a computer that they that they are okay with it getting trashed (laughs) (laughs) we'll go to the dark web for this i know there is a full youtube video like explaining what happened to that musical and it's fascinating it's wild yeah written by bono and the edge (laughs) spider-man turn off the dark critically injured like six actors before yeah. canceled production second to starring jared leto there isn't a tagline on god's green earth that could turn me off of something more than written by bono and the edge <laughs> <laughs> all right prompt two here we go we we got we got some some villains so as we know the best part of a gritty reboot is always how they just seamlessly weave this villain into the existing universe so you know, for example, Adrian Toomes was a Chitari wreckage scrapper. Quentin Beck was a wronged Stark employee with a team of Imagineers uh, who ended up being the victim of an unfortunate naming convention. And Cletus Cassidy was mad that people bullied him for wearing a bowling shirt with flames or something. <laughs> That's I don't, I true. Don't really That's pretty much yeah. my favorite of those three. It's, well, yeah. Um, so tell me, how does your villain connect to this wild marvel universe that sony just can't chill out about so i don't know if you guys noticed it was pretty subtle but when i said bro in my first treatment that was to subtly hint that this was connected to the tracksuit mafia as explored in the christmas spectacular hawkeye (laughs) oh was it? <laughs> it was subtle. So for those of you listening who did not watch uh, 2021, December 2021's Hawkeye. So Hawkeye introduced one of the minor crime syndicates from Marvel uh, <laughs> called the Tracksuit Mafia. Yes, that is real. Mm-hmm. Um, also alongside the Kingpin, which is a much more well-known uh, entity in, in canon. Introducing this both in like the MCU's New York leaves things open for pretty much like a bottomless well of just petty criminals operating at all levels within like the underground New York crime scene, you know, because you just say like, ah, tracksuit mafia. In the Marvel universe at any given time, there are approximately 500 different crime syndicates operating (laughs) simultaneously. Yep. Yep. And three of the 300 of them are specifically in New York. Yes. (laughs) Which of course, like just so happens to be Spider-Man's bread and butter. So here we are. So (laughs) I I, let me. I'm going to quickly go through the source material because we're not covering the source material. So Frank Oliver's original comic book story, I kid you not, was that he studied kangaroos in Australia because, of course, he did. <laughs> and he was bit by a radioactive kangaroo. We get nope. it, Andrew. <laughs> uh, almost. He just, like, stopped studying kangaroos and then transitioned to a boxing career where he was kicked out from an illegal kick to the head. Oh, yeah. Oh, because he spent Wait, all that he time watching kangaroos. Yeah, yep. don't he, box, he, but he, kick things. He he get a, so much like uh, Daniel in in <laughs> the Karate Kid. 
<laughs> he tried to win with a legal an illegal kick to the head and instead of winning was kicked out. He's the only boxer known in record yeah. for taking his ice skate off to stab a man. I mean, <laughs> exactly. that's a different thing. <laughs> so, as one does, he fled to the US and just started robbing banks under the guise of kangaroo using jet boots created by uh, Dr. Jonas Harrow, who is a Justin Hammer knockoff from the 70s. Um, all of this was because he didn't have a passport and, quote, didn't want to get deported. The, the write-up, yes, that's correct. The write-up that I read just says, like, hey, he moved to the U.S. and was like, crime sounds fine. And that was it. <laughs> um, so, again, this was one issue of Spider-Man. Like, again, right. they were like, what if Australian man? So here we are. Anyway, our actual reboot story of Frank Oliver will be of a man who came to the U.S. originally on a work visa, but met a woman and had a child here in the States, et cetera, et cetera. Throughout the movie, we learned that Frank was an engineer at Stark Industries' Australian branch. Sure. And <laughs> something that certainly That's, exists. Why wouldn't it? It's it's the dumbest, laziest, yep. real yep. answer. Along yeah. with like yeah. multiverse shrug is like yep. <laughs> Stark Industries shrug. No, but listen, this is where this gets really important. So uh, so he was transferred over to a plant in upstate New York. But then, of course, about a year later in 2008, you may remember that Tony Stark announced that he was shutting down all weapons manufacturing at the end of Iron Man 1. So, of course, the plant was decommissioned. And, of course, all the workers were let go. And now we feel bad for Frank Oliver because... While he decided to stay in the U.S. with his then-pregnant girlfriend, after about a span of the year, a, a span of a year, he found the nebulous immigration process putting up roadblocks left and right. <laughs> That's right, guys. We're going to explore the intricacies of the U.S. Immigration Department. The real oh villain boy. of the story. <laughs> the thing that everybody wants to explore in a pop in a popular co uh, comic book movie alongside Tom Holland. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, in a montage, we see odd job after odd job, Frank working tirelessly to put together enough funds to support his family. Unfortunately, it was just never enough as it often is. After a half dozen temps attempts to secure a green card, Frank finally had a lucky break in 20 in 2016 until, uh-oh, Thanos arrived and snapped half the world's citizens out of existence. <laughs> <laughs> which just so happened to include every near, nearly every immigration officer that was working on Frank's case. So hashtag Thanos did nothing wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so staring down the proverbial barrel of overdue bills and impending foreclosure and going back to day one on his green card uh, case, Frank turned to the tracksuit mafia for a loan, which of course brought along a new set of problems. Frank leveraged his military training because all villains need military training. And uh, he began fighting in underground fight clubs because, I, may I remind you, those exist everywhere in the MCU. Mm -hmm. This, of course, also drove a wedge between him and his family. So we get, we're getting a little uh, Sandman from Spider-Man 3 in here, too. That's uh, the other thing. You guys didn't mention Flint Marco, but that was, that was the other inspiration here. Ah. Mm -hmm. So uh, long story short, that puts us to the beginning of the treatment that I explained in the last prompt. His girlfriend moves out. Frank gets is getting by with the occasional seasonal odd job and by prize money winning from his underground street crime fights. And that plans us straight where we are right now. I just a, a stomp based fighter is just a man who <laughs> yeah. literally lives by the butt thwomp. 
is <laughs> he lives by it's the butt jumps. swamp. You die by the butt swamp, Todd. <laughs> it's 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 leaps and subsequent kicks. I just I, again I don't I feel like I'm unmatchling you a lot, but it is like it is kicks. It's not better. Um, calling so it, so he's calling it just stopping is very pejorative, Todd, and you need to do better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, he is basically Batrock the Leaper, but not French, and instead Australian. <laughs> Great. And he and Betrock like actually like wear the same like kind of like jet propuls- propulsion exosuit that allows. Oh, I'm for sure they do. Leaping. <laughs> it allows for leaping. Yeah. Do you think this that's, is one of those things that's really where all I have to say? <laughs> one of one of the people that created whoever created the first one was just like, oh, we need we need one of those, but for Spider Man. Yeah, here we go. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Cut print. Cut print. Look, it was one issue. I mean, uh, you know, we we <laughs> gonna do. Yeah, it was an off week. They needed they needed to wait until the manga caught up. <laughs> <laughs> I in my mind, I'm still stuck in this mental image that he gets off the plane and like breathes deep American stateside air and goes, "Yep, crimes," and then like, <laughs> marches off. <laughs> I'll do crime. Yeah, the U.S. is the land of opportunity. Better go rob a bank. <laughs> yep, that's that's pretty much it. All right, Kyle, tell us tell us about Big Wheel cuz I'm <laughs> I'm concerningly interested. All right, Todd. So, Jackson Wheel's star was rising. <laughs> so dumb. <laughs> Wheel I I will point out to our listeners. Yeah. Wheel is not spelled W H E E L. It's W E E L E. Jackson well, because, Wheel. It's a real it'd name. Be, it'd it's be too name. much if it was spelled the other way. Uh, growing up tinkering with old cars in his family junkyard in Jersey when the, um, when the snap occurred, Jackson became the beneficiary of a program initiated by Tony Stark, Ding. giving promising young engineers access to Stark tech that they might research, develop, and demo new tech to reduce waste, emissions, and in general, improve the day-to-day lives of the remaining society. Wheel used Stark tech in his junkyard scraps to develop an arc reactor that would safely power a car, could be mass-produced, and could just as easily be integrated into existing cars as well as new models. Even though Tony had sacrificed himself and returned all those snapped, Stark Industries was planning on moving forward with his designs and making Wheel VP of a new motor vehicles branch of Stark Industries. When a controversy with Spider-Man and a former Stark employee caused Stark Industries to suspend all new projects. The controversy being the um, Mysterio thing. Ah, oh, gotcha. yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, sending Wheel back to his junkyard with nothing on his mind but fragments of, of an arc reactor design and revenge on the person he saw as responsible for cutting short his trajectory, Spider-Man. In his junkyard, Wheel gets to work on a new design, a massive arc reactor that is able to be driven like a giant tire. (laughs) (laughs) There it is. That's what we wanted. With enough power to topple buildings. There's no way to bridge today. You just got to rip it off like a band-aid. Nope, that's what (laughs) it is. Uh, With enough power to topple buildings, level anything that gets in his way, and when the moment is right, detonate like a giant bomb to destroy New York City, Spider-Man, and everything he holds dear. Perfect. Now, now, Kyle. Yes, Todd. That escalated <laughs> pretty pretty quickly. Sure did. <laughs> is is this a montage? Is that no? That's the movie. Is? That's oh, okay. For a second, I thought that was all opening montage. No, we get you know first third is 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 his rising trajectory sure. and and fall from grace. 
Middle third is him stealing supplies, at least two car chases, and then <laughs> building his giant wheel bomb. And then act three is driving the, the wheel bomb through downtown New York, giving us a third car chase slash Spider-Man swinging scene. The climax is Spider-Man ultimately stopping our hero from destroying New York City because um, this is a tragedy and he ends up in the Triskelion or something. Isn't the Triskelion the shield building? It's the big flying ship. Oh, yeah. The Triskelion is the, is the prison. Is the big no, is it the prison? No, that's the raft. The Triskelion is the big mm-hmm. building that got destroyed by the Winter Soldier. Yeah, the raft is the jail. Yes. The Triskelion is also As is the freezer. A prison. Hey, shut up, y'all. One of us watched all seven seasons of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and last Thanks. time I checked, it was none of you. So um, I, I did. I had did you finish did. the seven? I didn't think you'd finish the seventh season. We can talk no, about that in the after yeah, show. Yeah, is it yeah. my turn now, Todd? It's your turn. I, I would like clarity over what the Triskelion is or is not, because it looks like Kyle is asking the internet machine. It is Shield Headquarters... I swore it also had a prison in it. I'm not going to hold us up to confirm and just Fair say enough. It, it's a hand wave away from having a prison in it. Okay, so so far, uh, Andrew has brought us uh, kicking crimes. Uh, Kyle has brought us wheelie crimes. Um, Matt, what kind of criming have you brought us? Yeah, so typically when you talk about Bronze Age Marvel characters... You've got a lot of messy, convoluted backstory to either sort out and modernize or just ignore completely. Luckily, with Hammerhead, we can actually use a lot of his classic backstories with only a few quick swaps to make him a little bit more relevant to viewers. The source material explains that Hammerhead's family immigrated from the Soviet Union to Italy when he was a young boy. He had an abusive father to check the box and also dreamed of becoming a gangster. (laughs) He pretended to be a full-blooded Italian. <laughs> because he's was, Italian. He was an yeah, Italian, so yeah, what else yeah, is there exactly. to do but become a gangster? And he was soon recruited by the Magia, leading him to kill his father again to check the box. Now, to nestle this snugly within the canon of the MCU, all we need to do is swap the Soviet origin story to a Sokovian origin story. Everything since Age of Ultron has hinted at the fact that the surviving people of Sokovia haven't had a great time since their city was turned to Swiss cheese and they didn't see it coming. No. Well, imagine a family who was able to escape the city into a neighboring Italy. I don't know. The MCU geography is unclear. It's not real. And to add to that, imagine (laughs) Hammerhead's parents had similar media access to the Maximovs without the penchant for American sitcoms, and instead a real boner for the Godfather trilogy and the Sopranos. Now, I hear you all asking, but Matt, how did Hammerhead get that big, dumb vibranium forehead? (laughs) Well, that's a great question. In the comics, he was beaten off-panel, found by a doctor of questionable ethics named, Andrew mentioned him earlier, Jonas Harrow, who fixes his head with metal or whatever. Hammerhead survived the surgery by focusing on the last thing he saw before he blacked out, which was a poster for a movie called The Al Capone Mob that was in the alleyway that he got beat up in. Oh my god. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He woke up with severe amnesia and only the visceral need to be a 1920s gangster. (laughs) 
<laughs> that's real comic canon. And the MCU doesn't have the uh, same roster of unethical doctors that the comics do, but they do have a power broker, and that feels like something they would do. It feels right. So there you go. Sokovian boy, moved to Italy, abusive father, head inflated by power broker, 1920s gangster. I mean, no I'm... Notes. No notes. Yeah. I, How does he come into possession of... Uh, a week's worth of pinstripe suits, Matt. That's a great question, Kyle. Not explained in the text. Yeah. Unsure. Okay. He's I, got it. He's I got imagine a that like, so the whole thing about this guy is like, he has total amnesia, but all he remembers is that I was in the mob and I got to be a mobster. Yeah. So I'm sure that he already had some mob connections from being in the magia and just was like, I need all my suits with pinstripes or however, 1920s. <laughs> Gangsters talk. Surprisingly closely closely related to Bobby Flay. <laughs> it's not that far off. If you told me Bobby Flay was in the mafia, I'd believe you. I would not argue that, no. That would that would be right. I'd I'd believe that. So, um, you've given me head-based origin story, wheel-based origin story, kicking and jumping American crimes. Mm -hmm. I'm a little disappointed that you boiled and simplified down my Sokovian backstory to head-based origin story. Sorry, I'm, okay. I gotta tell you, Matt, I saw, I saw the, really simplistic. I saw the picture and you said vibranium lodge in the head. And it's really the first thing that's coming every time I think of hammerhead head is half of his name. And it, it's that's really it's, undeniable. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I have finished my research and do want to point out that in the comics, the Triskelion is, is partially functional as a prison. <laughs> Good job, Kyle. We can, we can go on now. <laughs> So if we have learned anything about the movies in the Spider-Verse, and note, I'm not talking about Into the Spider-Verse. That's a very different and good thing that will not be discussed here today. <laughs> that will not be tainted by what <laughs> yeah, we're doing we today. Won't, we, won't let that, that ick, we won't let this ick touch that. We've learned that when a property sees even a glimmer of success, Sony will greenlight a new property or ram them into another movie just immediately. Mm -hmm. So here it is. Your movie has happened. Your property's happened. Your character's a hit. Tell me, when do we see them again? Is this going to be uh, in a standalone movie? Is it a limited run series? Or is it shoved into another movie that their appearance is revealed two years earlier in a trailer that no one really asked for that to happen? Okay, so I mentioned in our first question, I briefly mentioned Brian Hibbs, who was the second person to portray the kangaroo. Because may I remind you, there are not one but two kangaroos in Spider-Man's history. Now, Brian Hibbs was not from Australia. He was just a rich boy from New York that wanted to emulate his hero, Frank Oliver, because his hero, mind you, was Frank Oliver from a single episode, a single issue of The Amazing Spider-Man in the 70s. So Brian Hibbs literally bought a kangaroo-themed a kangaroo -themed super suit from, <laughs> quote, the Sharper Villain catalog. Yes, good. <laughs> what? Is yes. that mm -hmm. real? It's real. And uh, this, oh this, my god! This super suit. This was 1997. This is 1997. The Spectacular Spider-Man. The peak of sharper images um, mm -hmm. um, existence. Yeah. Um. This this kangaroo themed super suit was complete with semi prehensile tail and a pouch cannon. <laughs> <laughs> I was oh, curious man. if a yep. pouch was going to come into play. Uh, it does. Here, so. 
It does. It, it sure does. Now, we are not touching any of that because it is even it is too silly to make real. But we will explore what Hibs, what happened later to Hibs, what happened to Hibs later in the run. So after getting summarily whomped by Spider-Man twice, Brian Hibbs was freed from prison by another animal animal themed criminal, the Grizzly. <laughs> Um, now, as <laughs> Spider-Man villains tend to do, uh, Grizzly told Hibbs, Hibbs he was forming a team, and soon thereafter, Marvel blessed us with the Spider-Man Revenge Squad. This group consisted of four members, leader Grizzly, Kangaroo, a.k.a. Uh, uh, Brian Hibbs. In addition, we have the Gibbon, who is a mutant with ape-like features and abilities, so kind of like a beast, but just like, what if monkey and man? And, and then, most importantly, Spot whose superpower is literally the D&D item portable hole. Yeah, I remember <laughs> Spot from the, the silly TV yep. show. Yep. Uh, so after Frank Oliver dons the... So back to our movie. Frank Oliver dons the kangaroo pants and fails at drop-kicking Spider-Man a bunch. We get a post-credit stinger with Frank in prison. And much like underground fight rings, another thing that seems to be the standard formula is uh, stingers in prisons these days. <laughs> Frank will hear a mysterious voice through the wall telling him to back up. And then just then, a massive hulking man wearing an exoskeleton suit that strangely resembles a, br a brown grizzly bear uh, appears. The man bear says, you're the one the news is calling kangaroo, right? They call me grizzly. A pause. I'm putting together a team. And that's <laughs> and that's our lead into the real cinematic gem, which I'm calling Marvel Presents the Spider-Man Revenge Squad, aka the Fantastical Redemption of One Mr. Frank Oliver, colon, a James Gunn joint. Cue the Directed 70s rock. Directed by Wes Anderson. <laughs> Directed by Wes Anderson. Cue the 70s rock. Hey, just so it's out there in canon, the Spider-Man Revenge, Revenge Squad is referred to largely as the League of Losers, just so that's <laughs> yep. out there. Spider-Man calls them the League of Losers, yeah. Well, because, like, it's the Sinister Six, but less good and only 66% of them. Yeah, But if they were a bunch of losers, yeah. it's all the villains that Spider-Man, like, is never worried about dealing with. It's always yeah. just, like... Uh, I guess I'm going to be late to class again. Yeah. Uh, fun <laughs> note, the Grizzly is most famous for his appearance in an, uh, an issue of Spider-Man where Stephen Colbert <laughs> appears because he's running for president against Barack Obama. Anyway, comics. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It's incredible, like... Because it's probably his yeah. his Comedy Central character mm -hmm. running is, against yeah. Obama. Because it was because it was yeah. 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 yeah yeah oh my god it's just incredible to me like the content that went into comic books and they're like yeah and then they just like print yeah good that's it we got to get an issue out this month uh, <laughs> right. Stephen Colbert fight Stephen Colbert running against Barack Obama fighting the Grizzly is is easy and we have to pay two less writers to get it out. Let's do it. Yeah. I just, um, I'm throwing that, that panel of Stephen Colbert running, <laughs> coming across the Grizzlies robbing a bank. The Grizzly is just like tough to look at. Yeah. Because yeah. it's, it's, it's hulking muscular man, but also head is face and mouth of bear. And when this yep. came out, furries were definitely a thing. Oh. They weren't widely known yet. So we've got a, this weird, like, 
almost furry character in the so this was well. so so comic books were virtue virtue signaling to furries before we knew what was up right before we knew what was up yep. yeah truth also we have ursa major like this is just a shittier ursa major yeah, yeah. It sure is all right kyle uh how how do we get to meet big wheel <laughs> all right so todd <laughs> being sort of a one-trick character wheel is going to show up in future spider in a future spider-man movie as a member of like a great value version of the sinister six i Probably, see a trend yeah um similar to the the league of losers if i had done a, an inch more research and found that name would have referenced that and we're gonna use that to kind of hint that a an actual future sinister six project is is in the works and will get canned again because mm-hmm. this is sony and spider-man and they will fail to stick that landing a third time i'm sure they absolutely will yeah so that, that that'll all happen and it'll be like a one-off bit of like he'll show up and get punched in the face by spider-man and go to jail um and then is going to show up again even later in a, a d plus show as like an underground car dealer for the punisher i guess just reoccurring peer appearances whenever both a character needs a a set of wheels and Disney needs like 500,000 grand in product placement money in their show somewhere. Like Mm -hmm. it'll just keep coming back to highlight cool new Ford models or something. So yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I, I I blame, I blame Andrew for your line (laughs) underground car dealer. Um, (laughs) Because Andrew said underground fight club so many times you're like, oh yeah, villains do things underground. No, underground car dealer came long before I heard Andrew say underground fight club. Like Ah. it's, I was thinking like a power broker type character, but for cars. Yeah, Todd. This, not only is this New York City, this is New York City in the MCU. Nothing mm-hmm. is above board. Yeah, yeah. there's like true. underground Ray's Pizza. Like everything, literally is everything like, is corrupt. Yeah, yeah, if you if you're above ground, uh, Matt Murdock will show up and punch you in the face. So you have to go underground. <laughs> yeah. I get it. All right. Um. So so we got the underground car dealer. Uh, I dig that. Matt, what is the what is the connection? When do we next see Hammerhead? Yeah, so Hammerhead is going to be one of those villains that probably never ends up getting his own main movie. I like to refer to Hammerhead as the future king of Disney Plus because he's just going to be in every (laughs) goddamn thing that is anywhere near New York City. So it's going to start with She-Hulk, right? Because She-Hulk's doing the lawyer thing and it's going to be like she's representing this guy who's got a big dumb forehead, right? End of it. No more Hammerhead and She-Hulk. Next thing, Armor Wars. Sharon Carter, Power Broker, is going to be talking to somebody else. We don't really know much about Armor Wars yet, and they're going to be like, one time, we used Stark technology to give a guy a big dumb forehead. Nothing else. No more Hammerhead in Armor Wars. Then Echo, we're going to get an Echo series, and it's going to be all about Echo's time in Kingpin's army. And then one time, Kingpin's going to be like, ah, oh, I wish I still had control of the Bronx, but there's some guy with a big dumb forehead <laughs> who controls the Bronx. That's all we get of Hammerhead, and he's just going to be around, and you're going to know he's there. But listen, we've got a lot of people on payroll, and Joe Maganello is kind of a big name. He's doing a lot for DC right now. So we're going to fly him in. He's going to do like one, maybe two days on every major D-plus shoot we have for a few years. And then way down the line, like I'm talking 2028, 
when we get everything fleshed out and we need to have our meeting of the minds mafia drama sopranos-esque mcu show that i'm sure we'll get hammerhead will be there and the hammerhead family will be very important <laughs> matt not to not to argue against myself can i offer you an alternative use for hammerhead please which is the trope is like is, it's called like wharf always gets knocked out it's whenever you need to establish that your your new superhero has undergone some training and gets has gotten stronger they beat the crap out of Hammerhead as like a, a show of like they have grown and gotten better as a superhero. So because Hammerhead has been around since the 70s, I wasn't going to bother getting into the weird. How have we kept Hammerhead around for 50 years? But Hammerhead can't die. Hammerhead is invincible and and can't die. So I'm all about just watching him getting beaten up by every new I mean, like it's it's already kind of his role in the comics of like yeah. a new street level vil a new street level hero has improved. Time to fight Hammerhead. Oh look, they beat Hammerhead. Good. They've they've improved yeah. as a hero. Hey, here's a fast Hammerhead fact for you before I'm done. One time, Hammerhead got in a fight with Gambit, and Gambit charged his inorganic forehead with oh kinetic energy, and his whole head exploded, and then he just wasn't <laughs> in any books for a while. And like 10 <laughs> years later, they brought him back, and somebody was like, Hammerhead, how are you alive? You exploded your head. And his response was, it sucked. I got through it. I'm here now. And that's it. <laughs> that's all the explanation. That's all it needs. Okay, how this is a out of the out of the podcast bit. How do you think they keep track of that? How did like did they have to like control F the Excel spreadsheet to be like when was the last time we used Hammer? Oh, Gambit blew him up. I know um, the MCU. I think HBO had it on Game of Thrones and like one other property. All had it was all a thing that they had like continuity managers sure on staff yeah oh for sure to to not let that get screwed up so i'm sure before there was a title for it marvel had a continuity manager. <laughs> a sweaty guy in the corner somewhere <laughs> yep it's actually just kevin feige at home on his macbook doing a <laughs> look up in excel like uh hammerhead yeah. hammerhead hammerhead <laughs> man those were all really something special um just 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 <laughs> shades of special so we are going to take a break here in a second. Um, but before we do that, I do have a super secret bonus question to propose to you. So we can all agree that a fan favorite moment in the critically acclaimed Venom movie was certainly the debut of Eminem's hit track Venom. Everyone loved that. No one hated that. Unsurprisingly, 48 hours from this episode dropping, Theaters are set to go wild when The Kill by 30 Seconds to Mars, <laughs> starring Jared Leto, closes out the Morbius movie. We it's it's gonna happen. Everyone is is gonna again love it. Describe to me the trailer where we meet your villain and what song plays in the background for that villain. And we'll get those answers when we come back from this break. From the nerds at Debate This comes a new streaming experience. Last year, we launched The Ploos is Loose, a podcast where we dove into plot details, Easter eggs, and wild speculation into 2021's breadth of new MCU content. And we're still going to do that. We're just changing some things. Coming to Twitch this March, a show that asks the real questions. Kyle, why are you talking like that? 
Yes, anyway, starting with the release of Moon Knight on March 30th, we will be streaming our MCU post-show at twitch.tv slash debatethiscast. Episodes will still be posted on the same podcast feed a day later. So just like when Mephisto... What? No, no, we're, we're not going to talk about Mephisto anymore. Yeah, unless he actually shows up. Bringing you the best recaps of the MCU, and only the MCU. Uh, well, that's not entirely true. Yeah, we talked about this, bud. Uh, we're we're going to cover other stuff, too. Yeah, all kinds of comic book TV shows and movies, just like that Jared Leto movie Morbius that's definitely coming out. Yeah, and we're also going to have special guests to tell us what they thought of the thing we watched. Got Guys, I'm sorry. I I screwed this whole thing up. I'll just go. No, Kyle, no, it's okay. We still need someone to reveal the new name. Yeah, why don't you do it? Yeah? You mean it? Yeah, yeah go on ahead. Coming this March to Twitch. Look out for Avenge This, a comic book movie and television discussion show where we watch all of the MCU stuff and also some of the DC stuff that we want to watch. You can watch Avenge This live at twitch.tv slash debatethiscast or download episodes through the Avenge This podcast feed wherever you download podcasts. Hey, nice. there you to go. Super duper. All right, and we're back looking for the answer to a super secret bonus question is what does the trailer look like for your movie when we meet your villain and what is the fan favorite song that plays in the background? Go ahead and get us started, Andrew. Right, so I already told you the post-credits thing. Well, I guess as you can see, we can call it just for the sake of calling it. It's the end of the movie uh, when he gets broken out of jail. And then we hear... I come from a land down under. <laughs> yes, that's right, Todd. It's Down Under by Men at Work, a famous Australian pop band, Men at Work, from the 80s. Because may I remind you, this is a James Gunn joint, and we are only allowed to use 70s and 80s music. It's really good. It's really dumb. And it's really good. <laughs> yeah, Kyle. All right, Todd. So we get our, our first teaser trailer is going to be just PO, a POV shot of a car just like speeding through uh, New York City, the New York City streets. And we get like some, you know, nice, nice gear shifts, car rev, engine revs, whatever. When we hear, if you want to go take a ride with me in the day, <laughs> uh, because it's Nelly's Ride With Me is the mm-hmm. is the song that will be featured <laughs> in this trailer and um, studio soundtrack. Yes, it's so it's so dumb. But yeah, uh, <laughs> Matt. Yeah, I want to set the scene for you, Todd. So this is going to be like our 45 second straight to YouTube teaser trailer. And we're going to see hammerhead from the back like he's sitting in a big chair we don't necessarily know that it's hammerhead to begin with but he's sitting in like a mafia office and it's got some like noir lighting situation going on and you hear a voiceover that says as i walk through the valley the shadow of death (laughs) i take a look at my life i realize there's nothing left because i've been blasting and laughing so long that even my mama thinks that my mind is gone but I never crossed a man <laughs> that right. didn't deserve it. Me be treated like a punk, you know that's unheard of. You better watch how you're talking and where you're walking, or you and your homies might be lined in chalk and then been spending most our lives living in a gangster's paradise. Coolio comes in. It's Coolio. Coolio, gangster's paradise. <laughs> Neat. 
I, I'm glad that we all like just let you do that whole thing. No, we weren't. Yeah, that was. Were I could not have asked for more from you guys. Thank you. Yeah, those were the exact kind of answers that I was looking for. Because, well, let me make it clear: this is this is just dunking on what Sony chooses to do with music in their trailers and movies. Well, before I make up my my mind on on which one of your villains will rise to this occasion, I'm going to look for one more closing statement. But instead of a closing statement, I instead want to hear. What is the quote that we get from your villain in the trailer? Like Sony specifically has been so bad about dropping these really dumb quotes in their trailers, specifically in the Morbius, Morbius one. He looks at the camera and he goes, I feel more alive than ever and things like that. <laughs> so I'm looking for what is the quote that we get from your villain in the teaser trailer that really gets the butts in the seats. Right. So <clears throat> I think the trailer is going to be Frank Oliver, a.k.a. Kangaroo, watching the fake news coverage of the battle in Civil War where uh, in Germany, I think the in the airport in the airport hangar mm -hmm. when Spider-Man first appears. And then and then we cut to Frank Oliver and he says, Tony Stark, Captain America, now Spider-Man. Looks like we got another shrimp to the party. <laughs> oh that's oh that was really good oh man that's one way to, to phrase it matt <laughs> wow wow oh right. my god you know guys our numbers are like pretty good in australia actually <laughs> not, not anymore not well they were pretty good in australia uh sorry Kyle. to all of our listeners in new Th new south wales <laughs> so to similarly set set the scene the trailer's gonna gonna wrap up and just just right before we get that like closing credits stinger of the trailer we're gonna hear ansel elgort say i'll have fun until daddy takes the t-bird away bam stinger <laughs> next trailer perfect all right matt yeah so we're gonna get our sick coolio song and it's going to pan around and we're going to see on the computer screen of the desk of Hammerhead, the Daily Bugle with the big headline, who is the spider menace? And then Hammerhead's going to get the camera zoomed right into his big dumb forehead. And he's going to say, I guess we got to get ahead of the situation. <laughs> 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 very good very good why aren't we execs we could do this i'm floored by our ability to make a sony movie in an hour in an and hour i guarantee all three of these would be immensely better than the morbius movie that we will all pay good money to see i have to make what is actually turned into a pretty hard decision um <laughs> And and so while I think about this, you all go around the horn, uh, give each other some good vibes. Uh, yeah, I'd love to start. Um, guys, I don't claim that we know a lot of things. I don't. But I will claim with absolute confidence that we know how to make a comic book movie. We can make a comic book movie like no one's else. We can make a really profitable comic book movie. No, 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 a good comic movie, but a profitable comic book movie. Yes. Yeah, I agree. We will put butts in seats. Sony. Yeah. Call us. Well, we're, we're, I guarantee we're cheaper than whoever you're you're paying right now. Yeah. I mean, we'll eat pass and pizza and good vibes. <laughs> I, I, 
don't throw around compliments very easily. I do want to pat collectively all three of us in the back for today was a good job. A job well done, boys. <laughs> yeah. 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 Sure yeah, we was. knocked it out of the park today. Kyle, the wheel, the big wheel. <laughs> the big wheel is a big Ferris wheel, man. <laughs> he's really fun. Also, amazing job. Because, of course, like, he's going to be that, like, kid from New Jersey who's, like, really into cars. Like, yeah. absolutely he is. And that's perfect. Same with you, Matt. Hammerhead. Big dumb forehead. <laughs> big dumb forehead man who thinks he's a gangster. Would I see all three of these movies? Uh-huh. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Butts and seats. Um, Andrew, Butts and sim- seats. Similarly, fantastic job taking a character whose power is drop kicks and <laughs> giving him pathos and and a backstory and making me want to see, again, see the movie because I would watch this movie. And Matt, again, you took a character who is whose entire power and personality is big dumb forehead <laughs> and likes gangster movies and made it a thing I would watch because I would absolutely like Leonardo DiCaprio point at my TV every time Hammerhead showed up in a new D plus show and got his ass handed to him. So uh, good job. Good job, guys. Yeah. I don't have much to say that hasn't already been said. Excellent job today, everyone. This was just great from start to finish. Andrew, kangaroo, boy, do I love the League of Losers. And wow, kangaroo, I love the big dumpy kangaroo mech suit that appeared like one time. Ah, so excellent. Kyle, big wheel has been, I think, waiting in the debate this wings for his time to shine on our stupid podcast. And you could not have picked a better opportunity to bring him to the party Excellent. Just the name. What is it? Jason Wheel uh, or Jackson, Jackson Wheel? Jackson, Jackson Wheel. God, mm-hmm. come on! Like, come on! Do you yeah, get it fucking it? sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, today we all won. Today we all won. We all. No matter who Todd picks right now, we all win today. Yeah. My, well, unlike the Morbius movie, I don't want to delay this any longer because that movie was delayed five times. Five times was that movie delayed. It's older than the pandemic. It, uh, yeah. So here, here's where we're at. This was genuinely a hard decision. Like you all gave me three good options. Yeah. <laughs> and I got to tell you, I'm going to give it to Kyle. And Kyle, it is because yeah. you described a perfect Spider-Man movie. Like the full three arcs. The th- and, and here it is. The final arc of like a giant rampaging mech wheel with a grabby claw that looks like a Ferris wheel rampaging through New York that Spider-Man is trying so desperately to like swing and stop and save people is a fantastic third arc. I I, I do want to say, Matt, yours was very, very funny. The, the, the hammerhead getting dunked on as like cutaway bits would be a plus, and I'm not convinced that Disney isn't going to do something like that. And Andrew, all I can think about is there's a gif of these guys that are dressed up as knights, and one jumps into while two of them are fighting and drop kicks the other one in the head. And I, I, I'm just imagining the League of yeah. Losers are squaring off with Spider-Man, and in flies a man off screen who drop kicks him in the side of the head. We we can't discount how hype a movie of drop kicks would be. <laughs> oh in, yeah, in 2023, four, whenever this would come out, like it would be amazing. 
Like, I don't want to discount that at all. And Spider-Man would be like, what are you doing? And then he just gets kicked out of the just top floor kicked, of a building. Kicked yeah. in the head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, Congrats, Kyle. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Uh, so it, thanks we, for listening. Like I said, we all won. <laughs> nope. Shut up, Todd. Oh, <laughs> much like the Morbius movie, I'll wait for the perfect time. Uh, we all won. <laughs> I want to. I want to share this victory with my with my fellow debaters. Unlike watching the Morbius movie, we all won today. <laughs> uh, thanks, thanks for listening to Debate This. You can follow along with the arguments on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Debate This Cast, or on our website, debatethiscast.com. Some people will love Morbius. Some people won't. But you know what everyone loves? A five-star review on whatever app you're using to listen to our mouth sounds. Much like an unknown Spider-Man character being shoved into the big screen, we long only for your approval. It sustains us. <laughs> Until next time, I'm Todd Thomas. I'm Andrew. If Kangaroo teamed up with Swordsman from Hawkeye, the show would be called Kangaroo Jacques Henderson. I'm Kyle. Big wheel, keep on turning. Jackson wheel, keep on burning. Harper. And I'm Matt. The Jackson wheel story. Too fast, too wheel. Cole. <laughs> and we're saying thanks for debating with us. And if you think we're wrong, you can come fight us behind the swing sets, nerds. <laughs> <laughs>